neighbor, and welcome today to another podcast episode of Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce, and what a privilege it is to have all of you out there by SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Blueberry, and others. We're just so very pleased and happy to have you with us today. We're going to continue with our study in the book of Revelation. I know it's going to be a blessing to you. If it is, like it and share it with others. You can also go over to EstablishedInTheFaith.com, and if you go there, you'll find more information on how you can subscribe to this podcast as well. We love hearing from you, so please feel free to contact us with any questions and comments that you may have. Well, we're going to go on into our study now, picking it up in Revelation chapter 11 and verse 1. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. Revelation chapter 11, verse 1. We want to pick it up there tonight. John said, And there was given unto me a reed like unto a rod. And the angel stood, saying, Rise, and measure the temple of God, and the altar, and them that worship therein. Now, this rod of measuring is for judgment. It is for judgment. I'm going to deal with that in just a minute. The temple that is referred to here in this verse is a literal temple. As of right now, there is no temple in Jerusalem. But we know there's going to be one. There are no details given as to how one will be built. But we know from this verse that a temple will be built in Jerusalem. There are five temples mentioned as it pertains to Israel. We have Solomon's temple. We have Zerubbabel's temple. Herod's temple. The tribulation temple, which is the temple we're currently reading about. Then we have the millennial temple, which will be built at some later time in the future. Now, Solomon's temple, Zerubbabel's temple, and uh, Herod's temple were all built on the same spot. It is believed that on this spot is where Abraham offered up Isaac, but we really don't know for sure. Now, on this exact spot over in Jerusalem, the Muslims have the Dome of the Rock. It is the third most holy place. They consider it their holy place, third most holy place, because it is believed at this particular spot is where Muhammad went up into heaven on a white horse. So that's the sticky situation. Israel is going to rebuild a temple, but the Muslim's Dome of the Rock is sitting there. How is all of this going to come about? We don't know. The Bible does not say. But we know that it's going to happen. Israel is already drawing up plans to rebuild their temple. 
They've already got young men believed to be of the tribe of Levi, training them for temple service. It's a matter of time. Everything is setting on go. But we've got that little problem with the Dome of the Rock. Someone has suggested maybe a natural disaster will tear the thing down and Israel will go there and build their temple. I don't know. Someone said that Israel may get mad enough and just blow it out of existence and then go there and build their temple. But you're talking about a a big-time major war. Like I said, we don't know. Some claim that the temple has to be rebuilt before the rapture can take place. How many of you have heard that? There's nothing to support such a teaching. There is no event left to take place before Jesus comes back. He could come back at any moment. At any moment. Now they say the temple has to be rebuilt because of a time factor. They believe this because, first of all, they believe that once the rapture takes place, the Antichrist steps on the scene the next day. The Bible doesn't say that. The Antichrist will come on the scene after the rapture of the church, but the Bible doesn't say it'll be the very next day. The Bible doesn't say it'll be the next month or the next year. It's an undetermined period of time between the rapture of the church and the time that the Antichrist steps on the scene. The temple could be built at any period of time between the rapture and the time the Antichrist steps on the scene. So we really don't know. And if it's a time factor, you think about all the heavy equipment we have today, they can throw up a building in no time. So the time factor of having to have a temple before the rapture, no. The rapture could take place at any moment, and a temple could be built at any moment. If you see it in your paper, the temple's being built, well, great. But don't think that the temple's got to be built before the rapture takes place. All right. There was given unto me a reed like unto a rod, and the angel stood saying, Rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. This proves that the sacrificial system will be reinstituted. So not only will there be a temple built, but the fires of the altar will be lit once again, having been extinguished for some 2,000 years. And those that worship, people will bring their little lambs to a priest, and the priest will slit the throat of that little animal lay it up on the altar and the burnt offerings and all of the Old Testament, all of that will be reinstituted. And God is greatly offended by such. And why? God is greatly offended because He has sent His Son, Jesus Christ, 
into this world. He was perfect. He died on Calvary as the ultimate sacrifice. He fulfilled all that the Old Testament law and sacrifices represented. Jesus fulfilled it all. Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. When Jesus died on Calvary, that was it. His blood was shed that washes and cleanses away every sin. And it's through and by our trust and faith in that is what saves us. But when you're like the Jewish people and you do not believe in Jesus Christ as the Messiah, well, then you're going to revert back to what you used to do. God allowed Herod's temple to remain, and he allowed that sacrificial system to continue for about 37 years after Jesus was crucified and raised from the dead. God dealt with the Jewish people for this 37-year period of time, but their hearts only grew harder toward God, and the temple was destroyed in 70 A.D. When the Romans came in, they crucified Jews. There wasn't enough room to even put a cross in Jerusalem. And those that were not crucified were sent away to the gladiatorial arenas. Some were sold as slaves. Some were even carried out in the desert and just left to die. No people on the face of the earth has suffered like the Jewish people have. But that day they stood in front of Pilate. And Pilate said, I find no fault in Jesus Christ. I find no fault in this man. What would you have me to do? And they said, crucify him. And he said, why? What evil has he done? And they said, crucify him. Let his blood be on us and on our children. And those people, the Jewish people, have suffered from that day until now. And God is greatly offended of that old sacrificial system because, like I said, Jesus fulfilled all of that. And for people to come up and offer up a sacrifice now, it says that what Jesus did at Calvary was not enough. So you can see how God is greatly offended by that. And just as Herod's temple was judged in 70 A.D., this temple that will be rebuilt in the not-too-distant future, has a rod of judgment that will be poured out upon it. Jesus said in John 5, 43, He said, I come in my Father's name, and you receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him you shall receive. If you will, turn to Daniel chapter 9. The one that they will receive in the future is the Antichrist. The Antichrist 
will make a seven-year peace pact with Israel. It is believed that when the Antichrist comes on the scene and makes this peace pact with Israel, perhaps he is the one that will help them rebuild their temple. Now, that is a theory. It's not proven. We won't know till we get there. But I'm going to be in heaven looking down at all of this when that time comes. And if you're saved, you will be too. Because the rapture will take place first. Daniel chapter 9, if you will, move down to verse 27. Daniel 9, 27. And he, the he that is referred to there is the Antichrist. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. That is a seven-year period of time. And in the midst of the week, that's three and a half years into the tribulation period, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. He's going to go into that newly rebuilt temple where the Jews are offering up sacrifices, and he's going to cause all of that to stop. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate. Even unto the consummation, that's the end of the great tribulation period, and that determined shall be poured out upon the desolate. The desolate is Israel. When Jesus walked out of the temple that last time, he said, Behold, I leave unto you your house desolate. Flip over, if you will, to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. When we had a question and answer series back some time ago, this uh, was a question that was brought up. What is the abomination of desolation? We looked at some of this, and since that time we have uh, some new people and whatever the case, and uh, I want to take a few minutes and go back over that again because all of this kind of ties in together. Matthew chapter 24, if you will, move down to verse 15. Matthew twenty four fifteen. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, that passage we just looked at, Daniel 9, verse 27, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. Whoso readeth, let him understand. Then let him which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Back in those days, uh, their rooftops were flat. And a lot of people would sleep up on the roof. And that's what it's referring to there. Don't go down and take anything out of your house. Let Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them 
that are with child and to them which give suck in those days. But pray that your flight be not in winter, neither in on the Sabbath day. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. In other words, what Jesus is saying, when the Antichrist comes into Jerusalem at the midpoint of the great tribulation period, and he causes, he breaks his seven-year peace pact with Israel, comes into the temple and causes the sacrifices to cease. There's going to be a great army with him. And he is going to set out to destroy Israel. And that's what Jesus is talking about here in Matthew chapter 24. When you see the abomination of desolation. When you see the Antichrist come into the temple and stop these sacrifices. Get out. Flee. Don't stop and get anything out of your house. Leave and hope that you hope that the weather's good for traveling and hope that you don't have children to have to lug and carry with you because it's going to be a time of great tribulation. Verse 22. And except those days should be shortened. Then should no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Uh, Our last Bible study in Revelation 10 and verse 4, we saw where seven thunders uttered their voices, and John started to write, and God said, no, don't write it. I believe that the tribulation period will be shortened up by seven thunder judgments. And I think that's what Jesus was talking about here in this particular passage of Scripture. All right, verse 23, Matthew 24, verse 23. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets, And shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Behold, I have told you before, wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the east, and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For wheresoever the carcass is, notice the terminology, there will the eagles be gathered together. At the battle of Armageddon, Jesus will come back, riding upon a white horse, One of the most cataclysmic events the world has ever known. Jesus will stand on the Mount of Olivet. And all of us will come back with him riding white horses. At the Battle of Armageddon. And it is said that so many soldiers will die at the Battle of Armageddon. 
that the blood will flow six feet deep up into the horse's bridle, up to 180, up to 200 miles. You think of that. The battle of Armageddon. That's the reason why it says, for wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. Dennis Pollock, some time ago, you know, he preached our revival here last year, made mention of the buzzard population. God's allowing the buzzard population to increase because of the battle of Armageddon, which is on the horizon of time. Thought I, I just thought that was uh, very interesting. All right, verse 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light. The stars shall fall from heaven. The powers of the heaven shall be shaken. Then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. Then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. When Jesus comes back at the battle of Armageddon and stops the Antichrist and his army, when all of that is over, Jews from all over the world will be gathered to Israel. Now, Jesus said in verse 32, Now learn the parable of the fig tree. Israel is symbolic of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, you know that summer is nigh. Israel put forth leaves in 1948 when she became a nation. That was 66 years ago. All right. Verse 33. So likewise ye... When ye shall see these things, know that it is near even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all of these things be fulfilled. This speaks of the generation that is in existence at the time that Israel puts forth leaves. The generation that came in view in 1948 will not pass until all of these things be fulfilled. An average generation is anywhere from 70 to 80 years. 66 of those years have already gone. Jesus is even at the doors. You can bank on it. He is even at the doors. He said in verse 35, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. He's coming back. Glory to God. 
All right, Revelation chapter 11, verse 2. We're going to close it up. John was told to measure the temple, the altar, and those who worship therein. This measurement is for judgment. What is this judgment? Verse 2 tells us. Revelation 11, verse 2. But the court which is without the temple, leave out and measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles. And the holy city shall they tread underfoot forty-two months. That's the judgment. When God allows the Antichrist to come into Jerusalem and tread underfoot the holy city, and to take over the temple. The Apostle Paul spoke of this in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. If you want to flip over there right quick. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Move down, if you will, to verse 3. Give you a minute to flip over there. 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 3. Paul said, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. That's the rapture. That's the rapture. And the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. The last three and a half years of the tribulation period, the Antichrist will use the temple in Jerusalem as his headquarters. And as Daniel the prophet prophesied and said, he will use the temple for the overspreading of abominations and he shall make it desolate even unto the consummation, and that determined shall be poured out upon the desolate, or what we refer to as Israel. today has been a blessing to you. We hope and pray that you'll share it with others. This podcast has been made possible by the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you to contact us or to contribute to this ministry. Go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the donate tab. All donations are safe and secure through PayPal. We look forward to hearing from you.